So we back for another episode of the Real Soul Food Podcast family. We still working on building ourselves from the inside out. And the only way we can get out of this quote unquote barrel is if we help each other out. Lift one another up, then pull the next person out. If you find yourself, you done, you done made it to a certain point, man. If you can throw that rope back to somebody, pull them out. Also, teach them what you learned. Give them the rope so they can pull somebody else out. That's that's the plan. That's the goal that I want for us. So last episode was focused on physical health. Today's episode is focused on mental health. Now, I got my bachelor's degree in psychology, so I've sat through lectures about mental health. I've done my own research on mental health disorders, but there was always a lack of research and statistics that represented African-Americans and various factors contribute to why. But I think it's necessary to shed light on how we approach the mental health conversation and how we've handled it up until this point. So jumping straight in, man, why don't we take mental health serious? And I wonder because anybody can become victim to some type of mental health disorder due to genetics or environmental factors. We have people dealing with poverty. We as a collective, we're dealing with mass incarceration, dealing with police brutality. This type of stuff, it takes a toll on all of us because we see it every day. We see it when we turn on the TV. We see it when we scrolling on our phones it takes a toll on you mentally and you don't really realize it until like it's too late or like it happens to somebody close to you or something like that but my thing is always like how is it being treated you personally if you're going through something like that how are you treating it are you going to seek out mental health are you going to seek out that professional help or are you um self-medicating from experience from my own two eyes, man, I've always seen people turn to like alcohol, that they turn to drugs, you know, just to try and cope with what they're going through. And I feel like that's kind of like the, the normal thing for us to do is to self-medicate. Is you figure, you know, you know yourself the best. You feel like you may not need that professional help, but in some cases you may need it. So, and I feel like we do that because like we're not knowledgeable on mental health symptoms like we don't see it you know we don't see it brewing so like somebody who doesn't recognize the signs but they've only seen other people cope with like anxiety or a bad day nightmares suicidal thoughts they turn to drinking they turn to smoking having sex with multiple women or having sex with multiple men going to clubs you know, just to let their hair down and, you know, they feel like that's what's helping. They feel like that's what works because they they probably don't know that they're suffering from some type of mental health disorder. And we're not seeking professional help, but we also don't have access to professional help in our communities. I, I, I read a couple articles before I did this episode and one of the stats, and, and it was like in a couple of the articles, it was only one in three African-Americans receive mental health care. But for me, like we all in this together, so we have to teach each other the importance of mental health and how and where to receive this help. 
Now, if you're fluent on this particular topic, then you know there's always a flip side to it. You know, it's not just it's not just uh, as simple as like I'm making it seem like we just not seeking it out. There's a flip side to it. And I will get to that towards like the end of the episode. But my so like my prerogative is just us. Right. So like holding us accountable for our actions. And once you feel like you worked on yourself enough, you can go apply those same principles that you apply to your life to the next man or the next woman. You know, you can teach them what you were taught. Like I said, throwing that rope back. You know, you you throw that rope back, pull somebody else out, teach them what you learned. So in hopes that when you hand them that rope, they throw it back for the next person. obviously a problem what can we do to remedy this problem first thing i think we can do is teach our children mental health literacy it's rare that we seek out professional help but we also don't have immediate access to professional help so if it's not too late educate yourself on these symptoms do your own research and converse with your children about how they're feeling have open conversations with kids about how they can deal with particular symptoms that can lead to more serious mental health problems. And at that moment in time, just put the phones down, put the tablets down and interact, just talk, meet them at their level. You know, this isn't, this isn't an easy conversation at all. So it's kind of like you got to ease yourself into it. And at the same time, ease your kid into it or ease your kids into it. So it may not like that first conversation, the first two, three or four may not be, you know, as open as you would want it to be. But at least, you know, the ice is broken. So we do have we now have a platform to speak on these topics in our household. Now, this isn't like one of those foolproof plans or guides, because I'm personally not a parent, but. I do have nieces, I do have nephews, little cousins who I will talk to. It may not be in depth. I may not be asking them this, that, and third, trying to get all in their business, but like just simple checkups, I feel like goes a long way. You know, just asking them, you know, what do you plan on doing next year? You know, when you get to the next grade or when you get to, if they're in middle school, when you get to high school or do you want to go to college or, you know, how's, if they're playing a sport or any type of extracurricular, how's that going? Just making them feel like, you know, you are listening to them and you, you do care. You know, it's not like they just out here, you know, just floating along. Nobody's really worried about what they're doing. You know, obviously you care. So, you know, just asking them, how's everything going? and keeping up with them and making sure that they know that you will hear them out if they ever need to talk about anything. So yeah, ask open-ended questions, 
how are you doing today? What's new in your life? What are you into these days? I don't know, man. You know your kid better than me. And once again, I'm not a parent, but I have a heart big enough for everyone. So me just having a simple conversation with you goes a long way for me. Like you giving me that response and me hearing you out, like that's enough for me to know that, you know, at that moment in time, you're good. And going forward, you know, you can always turn around. You'll see me, you know, you can talk to me if you need to. So make it a conversation, man. That same phone that you're probably listening to this podcast on, you have access to it at all times. You always keep it on you. So use it to do your own research. Read articles on black mental health, man. You can Google this stuff. Whatever question that you need to know, like even you just you just Googling black mental health, there's so many articles on it. And so many people, so many black researchers do research on it because it's one of those topics that we like, I feel like it's talked about, but we're not going in depth on it as a collective it's kind of like we just hitting the surface like oh we don't really seek out mental health because you know this that and the third but as a collective we should start going in depth and we should start figuring out why what's the real reason why and what can we do going forward so this is not a continuous problem and a good website in my opinion uh i found it uh doing research on this topic is black doctor blackdoctor.org So maybe you can start your journey there. Turn my headphone down a little bit. Yeah. 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 Now, I'm about to play audio from what 21 Savage said in his documentary with DJ Academics because it really hit home for me. Uh, I just play it for y'all. I just play it. I used to have nightmares and shit. Like I used, that's why I go to sleep. I don't go to sleep till seven o'clock every night. I can't go to sleep no matter how hard I try. It's like how I long ago that happened? 2013, my birthday. 2013. Man, I don't even want to go to sleep. Shit, just crazy. I used to wake up in the middle of the night, grab my gun. Motherfuckers used to wake me up. I used to wake up with my gun like, like I'd be asleep. I, I used to sleep with like my gun up under my pillow type mm-hmm. shit with my hand on it. I used to just wake up and just, motherfuckers used to be scared to wake me up on God because it was just like demons just on a nigga like. So when you think of PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, you think of like veterans, or you think of cops who, you know, been in the line of duty, but you don't typically think of young black men. Young black men aren't acknowledged in that conversation because the crimes that we're committing, we're committing on each other. So if you ask me, we're not a part of that conversation because black on black crime isn't a global issue or even an American issue. It's a black people, black community issue. And when it's being portrayed through the media, it's not like any help, any assistance is being provided. It's just kind of like, this is, oh, this is what's going on over there and they need to figure it out. So that's what we need to do. We need to figure it out as a collective in our neighborhoods. We need to understand 
what's really going on and we need to it it needs to cease and i stopped and i mentioned that in my very first episode like the 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 violence needs to stop but aside from that black men women children all deal with ptsd symptoms you know if it's a traumatic event they may be dealing with those same those same symptoms. So if you're not sure what P, if you're not sure what PTSD is exactly, it's anxiety and flashbacks that resulted from a traumatic event. So it doesn't have to be. Oh, you just. It's not just. I'm not trying to focus solely on black men. Anybody could could have symptoms of PTSD. If you go through something extremely traumatic you having flashbacks and you being anxious after that situation occurred like it's it's gonna happen if it's if it's if it was that traumatic for you so yeah it's not just simply about black men but i chose the 21 savage audio because when he said it i it, it just sparked it just sparked in my head i'm like nobody typically talks about that though so like I said, people have nightmares, anxiety, depression, and a list of other things. But my take on it is black men suffer from PTSD due to gang violence, gun violence. Then we have to deal with systematic oppression, institutionalized racism. And like I said, it, it's a lot and it takes a toll over time. When you Every time you turn on the TV or you turn on a movie or you look at your phone, something something negative is going on and eventually over time you become desensitized to it like it doesn't affect you anymore and for me like i personally i don't like watching the the fighting videos i don't like watching the police brutality videos anything like that because i personally i don't want to become desensitized to it where it becomes like oh that's just another black man black woman black kid getting arrested like it's to me i can't normalize something like that because i feel like it's getting to a point where a lot of it isn't justified and that's my like it like that fire burns inside of me because i feel like police are police are overstepping boundaries and it happens a lot when it 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 doesn't matter if you're a man a woman or a child it it, it's just they're just over they're just going over the top more often than before so you have guys like 21 savage like he said in his like he said in the audio clip you know resort to drugs having sex drinking alcohol just to ease your mind just to deal with your emotions to tame your thoughts you have guys in the streets every day dealing with those same intrusive thoughts those same flashbacks those same nightmares and they're trying to avoid that trauma again they, they don't want to experience that again man they always anxious they always jumpy they always feel threatened those are signs of ptsd it's just like a veteran it's just like a cop who, who goes through those same traumatic events and now it's, it's like they're living it every single day. It's the same for depression, same for anxiety in teenagers. Teens are at a high risk of depression at this at this point due to those same environmental, 
those same social risk factors that I mentioned before, but our kids, black kids, they don't express those quote unquote depressive symptoms like it's written in manuals or how it shows on Google. So you got to really, you got to really pay attention to like black kids when it comes to that, because they don't, they don't like, I, now granted, these are just articles that I read. And I don't know how valid, you know, these people, these, these people research were, but just reading it and it, it makes me, it made me look around and made me observe like different black kids or dip or looking back on, um, past experiences I have with friends and like, it's, it seems pretty, it, it seems valid to me because I've had friends who you wouldn't have even known that they were depressed, but they really were. They were going through so much at home, but you wouldn't know when they got to school. And I, and maybe it's just me or if you, or if you've experienced that also, then like, maybe it's not just me then. And if you have experienced that, reach out to me on anchor app. So like, I want to try, I want to uh, do more on anchor. Like to where like I'll use like the audio messages that you send me and I'll add it to the episode and I can like respond to what you guys are saying. So like download the Anchor app and like, you know, search up Real Soulful Podcast and it's like an option to like send a voice message. So if you want to do that and we can like do a part two on this particular topic and I can respond to what you guys are saying and everything like that. But yeah, man, realize as black men, we're taught to camouflage our emotions. You're a man. You know, men don't cry, wipe them tears, whatever. And I personally was that kid. Like, I was never, like, I've heard it before, but it was almost like a conscious decision for myself to, like, camouflage my emotion. I never, never really understood why, but it's just something that I did. And as I grew up, like, nobody ever asked me to open up. So it was kind of like, that's just how that's, that's just, that was just one of them things that uh, I just I just kept it was just a part of my personality I've just became a very reserved individual now I'm, I opened up a lot more since I was a kid but I just feel like when it comes to black kids and you hear them type of things like black men don't cry or stop acting like a girl and stuff like that like we really take it and we like we really we really uh, take heed to what's being said to us at that moment. And, you know, it becomes a part of your life. Now, whether it's right or wrong, that's based on your opinion. But hey, it, it's it's not one of them things where it's like it happens to certain people. I feel like it happens to a lot of black men. And we kind of tend to camouflage our emotions. And when you start dealing with other people, you start getting into relationships. And that woman wants you to open up. Or you, you know you people around you want you to open up and you want to you want to stay closed off it's kind of like you separate yourself from building stronger connections with people hey 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 pull up on you niggas bearing drumming doing numbers hey blood 
the whole city with bodies and do it a whole summer They say it's rule off evil, but this money make you wonder Ay, Change your whole scene and you're surrounded with these commas Hustling well and best to self-pay, motivated, yeah Y'all don't hear me now, but hate to watch me when I make it Ay, Fur coat just to prove it, but I'm Gucci with my paper Ay, All black presidential, watch me pull up like the mayor Ay, So, I'm gonna address this particular side of the conversation like i mentioned earlier like there is a flip side to this conversation like we you can you only see the surface where you go to asking yourself you go to looking around at other people like you know you ask your question like why don't we take mental health serious and i you know people have mentioned this side of the conversation before on like really these factors contribute to why we don't take a lot of, uh, we don't go seek out professional help. So let's acknowledge that there is a bias from providers in the medical field. This bias results in misdiagnosis and poor quality of care for African Americans. Somebody may come in just showing one or two signs of a symptoms and you slap them with this, with this disorder and they're medicated for the rest of their life and their lives. And they solely rely on this medication when it's something that could have been nurtured a different way. So these type of things, misdiagnoses, poor quality with those type of things happening, it leaves a negative impact on the healthcare system. And we already have a tendency not to trust them. If when you think about like your grandparents or even your parents, like they don't typically like going to the doctor. I know like a lot of older black men don't like going to the doctor. And shoot, when I read about the Tuskegee syphilis study, I completely, I completely understood that that was, that was atrocious. And that was, it, it, it really opened up my eyes to why people feel some type of way about the healthcare system. But at the same time, don't let those type of things prevent you or someone, you know, from seeking care that they, that they really may need. It may be too late for that conversation, for that open-ended conversation, for you to meet them at their level to try and figure out what's going on because they really may be shutting you out that shutting you out at that time because it's too late. You waited too long. You didn't realize. Granted, there is a very small percentage of African-American providers in the mental health field, but come on, like those numbers steadily increasing, man. A lot, a lot more black men and black women are graduating from college, man. And they are trying to get their foot in the door and they are trying to be that person for their community, somebody that they can come to and get, you know, receive help, receive professional help from someone who looks just like them. So you have that that sense of trust. You have that bond in a sense, which is why I recommended the website blackdoctors.org, because like they do. They do let you search for practitioners in your area. And even the field that I personally want to get into, it lacks diversity. Like it, it lacks diversity. And then when you 
even start looking around for like black men in the field that I want to go into applied behavior analysis. It's like, it's a real small percentage. So I want to change that because I want black families to have access to that type of care and that type of support. If, if they can't find it anywhere else, you know, they, I, I will want to be an option for them. But until then, you know, that's a whole nother conversation. Seek out that assistance, man. Receive that professional help. And also, if you want to dive deeper into the disparities in the medical field or you're wondering where did our fear in the medical system stem from, you can read a book. I had read it uh, when I first got out of college. It's called Medical Apartheid by Harriet Washington. Now, disclaimer, it is a very, very dense book. Like is, is it took me a while to read that book, but if you're if but to me it's it's really worth it because you she really starts you from the beginning, all the way up until, you know the two thousands, it's like all in chronological order and it all everything just piggybacks off of each other, so I would definitely recommend that book, man. She's an amazing author. Like, 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 but like I said, it's a very dense book. So if you're into medical terminology, things like that, definitely read it. If not, if you just want the challenge, definitely read it, man. It's a, like I said, amazing book. If you like really, really put you in the car and she takes you on the ride and you see everything, how everything happened, how everything piggybacked off of each other and how we got to the point that we're at now. So, yeah, let's start having these conversations with our children, man. Listen to the kids. If you're a coach, if you're a mentor, you're a teacher, you're a tutor, you're a camp counselor, whatever. Be mindful of those kids really dealing with poverty, man. And you know who they are. You, you can see them from a mile away, man. Talk to them. Ask, ask them open-ended questions, man. Be a listening ear. Be someone they can confide in because they may not have anybody at home. You know, they may, it may just be them and their siblings or it may just be them. They may be an only child. They may not see their parents or something like that. You don't know what's going on, but be that person that they can talk to. So they have some type of support when they come to you, they know they have support. And like I said, family, man, we working from the inside out. We can't change our we can't change our situation if we don't want to change ourselves. So keep spreading positivity in your neighborhood. Keep spreading positivity in your home. I want to thank y'all for taking a seat at the table, man. I hope you enjoyed that real soul food. Uh, I'm still waiting on Apple to approve to approve me. So until then, please leave a rating. And a review on our Facebook page. Just get on there, search Real Soul Food Podcast, and let me know what you think. Follow us on Spotify. Reach out on the Anchor app. Download Anchor, guys. Send me those voice messages, man. I do want to do one of those episodes where I throw y'all voices on there and I respond to it, man. We can have a full lot. We can have a full conversation, man. So download Anchor. Leave us a voice message, man. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram at Real Soul Food Pod. That's Real Soul Food Pod. I'll see you guys. Peace.